0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is May 9th, 2022. And as we do each week, let's just begin with a brief moment of silence, linking up with one another and the group as a whole, and followed by the sounding of the
1: noontime recollection. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need.
0: Touch our hearts anew with love
1: that we too may love and give. Each week we come
0: together to provide A space wherein we can introduce people who are new to this planetary service of Triangles to this work and we also provide a platform for those of us who are already members of Triangles to come together and participate in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer by establishing a line of lighted, loving communication between three people who visualize a triangular link between themselves every day. Three people link as a triangle of light, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. Their triangle is then placed within the framework of the larger planetary network of triangles. And as the network is visualized, the great invocation a world prayer is sounded in order to release these circulated spiritual energies through the etheric network into the consciousness of all open hearts and minds that can respond to spiritual stimulation when it's released into the atmosphere. Triangle's work need only take a few minutes each day and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So after our meditation today, we will be hearing from Emmanuel Sacafeo, who is a coworker of ours here at Lucis Trust. And we really look forward to hearing from Emmanuel and he'll be speaking about the bridging aspects of the mind, the three aspects of the mental body. And I just wanted to announce that this weekend, we will be having our public part of the Arcane School Conference on Saturday and Sunday. And that's open to anyone who would like to. And the sessions begin, I believe, at 2 o'clock on Saturday and Sunday. And if you'd like more information about the conference, you can go to the website listing here. Uh, And the Sunday meeting, which will be from 2 to 4.30, will include and close with the WESAC Festival Full Moon Meeting. So if you can't make it to any other part of the conference, we hope that you will be able to attend um, that session on Sunday, which begins at 3.30. So we'll be having talks and group discussions. It's going to be a hybrid event. It's a physical plane meeting, an in-person meeting as well as a Zoom event. So no matter where you are in the planet, if you would like to contribute during this potent um, approach to the Waysack Festival, one of the high points of the spiritual year, we encourage you to link with us. So now, as we always do each week, let's work with a brief visualization.
1: Let's visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And within that sphere, visualize the planetary triangle
0: composed of Shambhala, the center of the head, the spiritual hierarchy, the heart center,
1: and humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the energies moving around the triangle in all directions, filling it with light. Now superimpose on that triangle the five-pointed
0: star The star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past
1: and future, radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center of the star through the five points. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Visualize these outpouring energies enlivening
0: small groups gathering everywhere aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations,
1: restoring peace on earth. Project a line of
0: lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy and sound the invocation of light. Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. As we prepare for the upcoming Vesak Festival, the event that has long been dedicated to the work of the Buddha, it might be appropriate to consider a couple of the fundamental concepts practiced by the Buddha, which provided the basis for his eventual enlightenment, and which are fundamental for all seekers on the way. These are the qualities of discrimination and detachment. The Buddha's focus was on helping people to establish mental polarization and in order to achieve that goal, these practices paved the way by training and reining the emotional and mental bodies. This discipline enables the individual to adopt a more balanced stance towards life and all events, standing as the observer, finding one's place between the pairs of opposites, learning not to cleave too much to one or the other side and cultivating the noble middle path. The Buddhist path helped to free people from the world of desire through the emphasis on the Four Noble Truths. And the Tibetan tells us that these truths are needed more than ever today in the Western world. These truths help rein in the astral vehicle and lead in turn to conditions wherein mental balance is fostered, which leads in turn to a growing illumination through which the way between the pairs of opposites can more easily be discerned. As we know at this time, there are many factors in the outer world that challenge our ability to maintain our equilibrium. And yet such conditions also provide us with opportunities to develop such capacities. And through the challenges, all disciples are being presented with many opportunities for discrimination and detachment to be developed. It's said that in the world, in the furnace, in the jungle of all life is where the disciple takes his stand. It's not about retiring from the outer world and finding some peace within your environment it's really within the midst of the raucous nature of the three worlds that these qualities are developed and our service work can unfold these developed abilities provide the seed of the illumination that the buddha and his group achieved 2500 years ago and which resulted in their ability to strike, we're told, a major blow at world glamour. They let in the power of the light of the illumined group mind, which served to dissipate the conditions that were impeding humanity from moving forward all those many years ago. There were thought forms then that needed to be broken up, which would then allow for new thoughts to enter in. Part of what they were dispelling was related to the grip, as I said, of desire in all its many gazes. But more exoterically, what they were dispelling was crystallization of the religious structures that had been built up around Hinduism in India and which paved the way for the new teaching of the Buddha to be implemented. Today, 2,500 years later, we're at another point in planetary history wherein we're preparing, and we might say we're already in the midst of another time wherein a major blow to world glamour is imminent and will be made by a much larger group, the new group of world servers, in conjunction this time with the world teacher, the Christ. And due to the incredible complexity of human civilization at this time, in comparison to the time in which the Buddha and his group were living and working, we can clearly understand the challenges impacting the group as it goes about preparing to undertake this work. The challenges today stem from many factors, but perhaps the greatest is the subtlety and the all-pervasive nature of the conditions that impede the ability to see clearly through the mass of thought forms today. As a result, there are so many camps of thought composed of those who see and understand from one perspective and others composed of those who see and understand things from a diametrically opposed perspective. And as a result, we have the present turmoil, a situation wherein emotions are highly heated, each side clinging strongly to its particular polarity. The members of the new group of world servers have a special and challenging role to play in the midst of this chaos. They're charged with helping to bridge these divides, cultivating the observer status, that which seeks to blend and harmonize the discords found upon the astral and mental planes. We can do this in our daily lives by seeking to understand others' perspectives cultivating compassion, and simply by being open-minded, fluid in our thought and our response to situations. And through this means light enters in. And as the light enters in, a higher use of the mind begins to emerge. One of the most famous of the Buddha's parables is reflective of this. As a result of the qualities of detachment and discrimination, the mind eventually becomes steady, as those conditions that hitherto had impeded the ability to establish contact with the soul are gradually dissipated and conditions are established that enable the mind to assume a new and bridging function. As the three aspects of the mind are harmonized in order to affect a higher alignment. The parable states that a man was standing on the shore of one side of a vast river. The land on the which he found himself was a land of strife, disharmony, and ignorance. And in the distance, on the other side of the shore, he saw glimpses of a land of light and promise of freedom from the challenges in which he found himself at the present moment. In order to cross that river, which we can understand as the substance of the mind, as a gap within consciousness, the man needed to build a bridge, or in some renditions of the parable, a raft, a means to get to the other side. So to do so, he gathered together many strands of sticks and branches, and he began to weave them together, at first in a tenuous thread, all as a means of making the crossing. It's said that among Buddhist practitioners, there are different perspectives on what this story might mean. The parable parable related that when the seeker reached the other shore, he proceeded to carry the raft with him onto dry land. And it's said that the Buddha used this teaching to illustrate the need for letting go, the need to no longer hold on to aspects of the teachings that no longer serve the purpose that they did at an earlier stage within consciousness. This makes sense, but from the perspective of the angel's wisdom, we might look at this parable as a teaching on the building of the inner bridge. The means whereby the student through the creation of an illumined mind is enabled to project a bridge within consciousness to cross the river to cross the gap and through means of this bridge he reaches the promised land and brings its energies into the lower mind and distributes them within the three worlds the bridge builder the charioteer is the soul and the body of the soul could be compared to the raft or the bridge that is perhaps no longer needed when the soul stands free and the individual becomes a true server of humanity and the plan. The many bridge builders in cooperation with the hierarchy are those who together will strike the blow to world glamour, thereby freeing humanity. All Triangles workers are contributing to this task, and through this means the forces of enlightenment
1: are provided with the means to irradiate the world. So let's now work with our Triangles meditation.
0: beginning by integrating ourselves as a group,
1: standing on the mental plane at the center of the evened arm cross, linking as a soul group as points of love and
0: light with all people throughout the world who are
1: likewise working within triangles. And we project the bridge towards the highest center,
0: center Shambhala and sound together the affirmation of will.
1: In the center of the will of God, I stand. Nought shall
0: deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square
1: and serve my fellow men. Visualize these energies unifying and
0: eliminating all divisions within consciousness, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing
1: right human relationships. Project the rainbow bridge of energy towards the hierarchy and sound together the mantram of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one
0: with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve, and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt and outer cleavages be gone.
1: Let love prevail, let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with
0: triangles and see new triangles being formed everywhere
1: distribution,
0: sound the great invocation silently or aloud, and as we repeat each stanza, visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human
1: consciousness.
0: Thank you, everyone. And now, Emmanuel, can you unmute your microphone, please? There you go. Welcome, Emmanuel.
2: Thank you. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome. The topic for presentation today is the three aspects of mind on the mental plane some of their individual and group effects. It is a major objective of discipleship in the new age training that students increasingly become mentally focused for it is on the mental plane that all the work to be done becomes possible In fact, unless we achieve this mental focus, occult meditation will escape our grasp and become inaccessible. In the latter part of the work in the school, the need for this mental focus, which was emphasized right from the beginning and into which we are immersed in a preparatory way and practically offered immediate experience through the practice of occult meditation becomes all important. And later still in the building of the Antakarana an intensely focused creative attention on the mental plane becomes fundamental and foundational. Just what do we find on the mental plane? On this plane, we find the triple expression of mind. The lower concrete mind, where dwells our mental vehicle, the son of mind, the soul, and the higher abstract mind. It is the fifth plane and its dwell division and triple expression are indicative of the fivefold origins of mind. A great plane in two divisions, the higher and the lower mental plane, which is reflected in the dual physical plane in its dense and etheric division. It is the plane of the fifth Ray Lord This fifth ray Lord is quoted as one of unique and peculiar potency in relations to the human kingdom. Another quote, this fifth ray is a being of the intensest spiritual light and his manifestation on this fifth plane which is peculiarly his symbolizes the three aspects in the way achieved by no other ray. End of quote. Of supreme interest to us is the triple expression of mind found on the mental plane. The concrete or lower mind the son of mind and the higher mind. We are told that at the coming in of the Manasadevas, these are the cosmic prototypes of the solar angels, our essential self to produce self-consciousness and during the second stage of this great event aeons ago, there appears a triangle on the mental plane produced by monastic or mental activity. This triangle is made of fire, creating and traveling along a fiery path from the monastic permanent atom on the highest subplane of the mental plane through the center of the egoic lotus and then to the mental unit, the lower mental body. Let us simplify all this with a visualization. On the mental plane, imagine three points of light. The first bright light in our mental body the second brighter light in the center of the lotus, and the third and brightest light shining with the light all its own on the highest level of the higher mental plane. A line of fire travels back and forth, connecting all three points or stations of light along this fiery path from each point to the next point. And at a certain stage, we are told, the fire withdraws into the center of the egoic lotus and the fiery path disappears. This triangle of points, we are told, is the nucleus of the future Antakarana be built at a certain stage of discipleship. We are instructed that the work of the highly evolved man, aspirants, aspirants and disciples in the new age is to reduce this triangle into a unity. And by means of high aspiration which is simply transmuted or purified desire, which affects mental matter. Using this purified desire, turn it into the path, thus re establishing the original relationship between the three points and recreating consciously the path of return. When this is achieved, a great and enduring pathway has been established on the mental plane between the soul infused group and the higher mind, thus relating with the spiritual triad. This is putting the process lightly, simply in the greatly condensed form about this process, the Tibetan tells us that this building of the Antakarana is the great and ultimate service which all true aspirants can render. This work is going on in many phases in all true esoteric schools. Where aspirants and disciples are struggling with the work of building as best they can. And so too are all people who are seeking to be inclusive in their thinking, and with selflessness and harmlessness are creating thought forms of solutions to the world problems. First, the effort of aspirants and disciples to focus on the mental and particularly in the mental unit may be said to be evoking a great impulse. Since as we know, energy follows thought and this is contributing a great deal of activities in the mental world of the threefold world of human endeavor. And this can be seen reflected in the activity of the global educational push and the world efforts in all nations as they seek to offer their people some form of education, primary, secondary, tertiary and beyond and to increasingly include the traditionally excluded female gender in a broad spectrum of intelligent activities. Through this global activity going on in every country, average humanity is beginning and becoming mentally stimulated and embarking on its very, very long journey towards mental polarization. And today the increasing appreciation of the lifting effect of the masses through some form of education is readily accepted and acknowledged everywhere. Even if with intense reluctance in some few places. Secondly, The further effort of esoteric students all over the world in the many truly new age groups as they strengthen their soul contact towards soul fusion has produced and is still producing untold number of groups of cohesive activity. This cohesive activity is an effect of the soul. And these groups are tackling every possible problem or challenge on the planet. These goodwill groups, some very faulty in action but all of them well-intentioned are the direct effect among other factors of the soul infused activity. Their influence is enormous, arresting, penetrating and impacting and cannot be ignored. And thirdly, the growing groups of discipleship and disciples in the new age who are becoming matured and proficient in the esoteric work are bridging towards the spiritual triad in the region of the higher mental planes and contacting and evoking a sense of synthesis and a sense of universality and thus making more available in the world consciousness, illumination, understanding and love. Love as the life expression of God himself. Love as the coherent force which makes all things whole. Another subtle effect of this latter group is the increasingly pervasive appreciation and response to the problems of humanity in the world. All of these ideas are dependent on some activity of the triple expression of mind found on the mental plane. These in turn have been made possible by the unique qualities, capabilities, and achievement of the fifth Ray Lord of whom it is said owns the mental plane in a peculiar manner. In concluding, let us recognize some of the names given to this fifth Ray Lord of the mental plane. These names provide hints of its nature and reveal some of the gifts from this ray lord of the mental plane, the fifth ray. Some of the names are the following, the revealer of truth, the great connector, the divine intermediary, the crystallizer of forms, the threefold thinker, the cloud upon the mountain top, the precipitator of the cross, the dividing sword, the winnower of the chaff, the fifth great judge, the rose of God, the heavenly one, the door into the mind of God, the initiating energy, the ruler of the third heaven, the guardian of the door, the dispenser of knowledge, the angel with a flaming sword, the keeper of the secret, the beloved of the logos. This particular name, the beloved of the logos, this is a hint as to the special relationship between the second ray and the fifth ray which the Tibetan has hinted several times the beloved of the Logos throws some extra light on it. The other names are the brother from Sirius the last name offered by the Tibetan is the master of the Hierophants
3: thank
0: you thank you if you are able to upload your talk to the chat that would be great but i um if not we can i'll do that
2: now i'll send it i'll send it to michael immediately
0: okay thank you it's really helpful to um ponder a little bit upon the fifth ray because It's one of the primary rays that governs and pours in through the Aquarian age. And so sometimes um, we forget about that. We're always focusing on the seventh ray, but it's actually the fifth ray is coming in from the higher angle of the spiritual will. And so it's really helpful at this time um, to focus on that. So I wondered if you had, um, bring it down a little bit, I wondered if you had any practices or practice that you use that help to align yourself and help to maintain a mental polarization, something that people could use in their daily lives.
2: In one of the advice from some of the school sets, we were encouraged to try and move away from simply thinking of our minds as a mental vehicle. And instead, begin to think of our minds as actually centers of light as a shining vehicle, as a vehicle that contains light forever irradiating, shining, illuminating, Enlightening. This way, we transform the mental vehicle, even when not in meditation at all. But just by thinking of it as not just critical mind vehicle, but actually is a smaller station of a great light and forever and always reflecting this light consciously or not consciously. In doing this, we make alignment with the soul whose very nature is light. This activity can go on anytime Right. Not only at the time of meditation and gradually or knowingly, the soul is actually precipitating into our lower mental body. And I found that to be very effective and very helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Emmanuel. You're welcome.
0: And how would you take it a step further to bring about
2: soul fusion? Soul fusion. Fusion is usually two things coming together. But these two things cannot come together unless they have something in common. The substance of the mental plane shares something in common among the three expressions. Both of them are the product of the fifth Ray Lord. One of the names of the fifth Ray Lord, as we heard was the threefold thinker. Therefore, when we act as if we are capable of this threefold activity immediately We set up a relationship because that relationship already exists. It is inherent in the mental plane itself. Therefore, by thinking of ourselves as a being capable of this threefold thinking, we immediately energize that common quality and there is a flow of energies between all three. We have started fusion already and this continues. Also, one quality unites all three aspects of mind on the mental plane And that is light. Therefore, when we say light, we invoke that energy. When we think of light, we energize that energy. Since the mental plane is originally under the same one Lord unity inheres in that plane, and by recognizing that unity, we invoke it into expression.
0: Thank you. I see a hand up. Um, Marie-Christina,
1: can you unmute your microphone? Okay, Marie-Christina? Are you there?
0: Um, Again, I'm having trouble hearing you. Maybe others can hear you, but I can't.
1: I can't hear either, Kathy. Okay. Sounds not working.
0: Yeah, we had this problem last week. Um, Not sure. We could try coming back to you. Leave you unmuted. Um, Emmanuel, would you like to read some of the comments out and waiting for someone else to raise their hand
2: okay. or Maria Christina okay. to come back? Let me, let me go to the chat. I'm getting to the chat. Uh oh.
1: Has to I'm
2: pressing the chat, but I'm not seeing it.
0: Oh, you don't see it? Okay.
2: I'm, I'm I'm pressing it, but I'm not able to get it.
0: Okay, I could read something for you. Okay. Uh Marie Cristina wrote, the fifth ray rules Aquarius. It also rules the fifth race. And it is the fifth ray that is materializing the kingdom on the seventh plane. So I guess, hence the importance of this incoming age.
2: That is very interesting because the fifth ray is the energy that reveals deity in in the most appropriate form that humanity can access it. And the Tibetan says that none of the race have been able to reach or attain that capacity.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: so Wayne writes the fifth ray is also related to the law of fixation the law of the atomic subplane of the mental plane and the fifth ray in its will aspect is the will to act the mind controls and coherency is the result Note the reference or hint to the law of coherence, the atomic subplane of the monadic plane, then add to this DK statement about the second fifth ray
2: relationship. The law of fixation is interesting. And as you just read, the fifth ray actually also reflects the will. The law of fixation, so to say, is able to hold our efforts and stabilizes it. And in a very elementary way of looking at it, through that fixation grounds us in a particular state and helps us to develop fully when we have been fixed in that state and we have developed all that is possible on that plane, we need to go beyond that plane and the fixed, the fixed state of what we've achieved becomes, crystallize, noting that the fifth ray is also called the crystallizer of forms. So it fixes us in the, in the new region, helps us to develop. Then when we have achieved all we can, is so to say, crystallizes the form. And since it is also the reflector of the wheel, invokes the will into the form and shatters that form and helps us to move on further. It is amazing.
0: Thank you. Uh, let me try Marie-Christina one more time. I'm um, asking you to unmute, see if we can hear you. Hello.
4: Hi, friends. Hi, Kathy. Thank you for the inspiring thoughts and bringing the theme of uh, Wesak. It's a very important moment. And uh, I just uh, want to comment about uh, uh, fusion, because uh, the main need for all people who want to to get to fusion is the integration to move together, to fuse with the uh, solar angel or with solar fire. Because uh, this is not easy, because at the ending of an age, as a Piscean age, we, uh, everybody has a very high aspiration mm. and uh, looks fusion before integration. And the fusion now is with the solar angel through the mind. So it's needed the mind control and then to keep the mind in the light. Is mm-hmm. all the time the mind is focused on the mental plane. And then the mind, mind looking up, mm-hmm. invoke the higher mind. And then the blending or the fusion happens. And then after that, the antakarana can be built. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a technical aspect. Because the, we, the antakarana cannot be built without soul. Yeah. And because only through the soul the bridge can be projected. So the soul takes the light up and then the three aspects are together. And uh, thank you, Emmanuel, for very clear uh explanation about the three fires of mind and the concrete and soul and her mind. Thank you all for this rhythm weekly meeting.
2: You're welcome. It's-
4: it's very useful for the, for the plan. Thank you, bye. Bye-bye,
0: Bye-bye. thank you, Marisa, Christina. Well, uh, Emmanuel, let's see, there's one more comment here, perhaps I'll read, and then we'll close for today. Uh, Santana writes, I have a question, read the higher abstract mind and the manas of the spiritual triad and the mental permanent atom. My understanding is that Antakarana bridges between the um, mental permanent atom and the higher abstract mind, manas. Yet in the mental plane, there is the lower concrete mind, the mental unit on the fourth layer, the soul lotus on the third layer is the mental permanent atom. And part. okay is the mental permanent atom part of the abstract mind are the higher planes of the mind above the soul lotus higher abstract mind i have also come across teaching that buddha or the intuition is part of the mind please clarify the spiritual triad in relation to the mind
2: we have we don't have time but we have maybe a minute yes so each lower fusion helps towards a higher fusion. The soul is a mental being. The soul and the lower mind fuses. The disciple stands at the beginning in the lower mind, fuses with the soul but beyond the soul is the higher mind. The center of the higher mind is the monastic permanent atom. The soul infused personality, which is the soul, the son of mind and the lower mind have become fused. They are now one. And now comes under the full sway of that soul fusing power And then they launches another effort to link and fuse with the monastic permanent atom, which we characterize as the higher abstract mind. And then the three minds are fused and blended. Thank you. Thank you very
0: much, Emmanuel, and thank you, everyone, for your attention. And I know we all appreciate Emmanuel sharing with us today. And we appreciate all of your participation as well. So let's thank you, Emmanuel, very much and close by a moment of silence to visualize the planet surrounded by a network of triangles radiating the forces of enlightenment that are pouring in
1: as we prepare for WESAC. Thank you,
3: everyone.